Welcome back, everyone, to Point of Sale, the retail supply chain show where we break down great retailers, the supply chains that move them, and, of course, the data that they use to make decisions. And I'll tell you what, I'm excited because I think we have 12 days left, less than that now, until the future of supply chain over in Rogers, Arkansas. That's right. On May 9th, May 10th, all of us FreightWaves experts and all of our production team are going to be headed down to the amazing Rogers, Arkansas, and beautiful northwest of that state. And we're going to be, of course, uh, hanging out with some of our favorite friends of the show. J.B. Hunt is our headline sponsor. We're right in their neck of the woods. Uh, Walmart, who we talk about all the time, is headquartered down there. And they have over 1,500, I believe, suppliers in the area. Uh, we're going to have everyone from uh, logistics providers to shippers to carriers to investors all in one place. So I'm super excited. I also found out that I'm going to be interviewing the CTO of Gaddick, which is one of my favorite technologies. They focus on middle mile uh, autonomous delivery, which is really interesting. And I'm excited to talk with the, the man who's really running that technology piece and 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 growing that as well. So that should be really, really fun. And then, of course, I'll be with Kaylee Nix, and we'll be interviewing our favorite, Shelly Simpson, for Great Quarter Gals. So it should be a couple days of some really fun freight content. I'm excited to see you all there. And, of course, I wanted to break down a couple of the technologies that we'll be demoing during the event. And it's really fun because we have a seven-minute uh, deadline for, for every single demo, right? Kind of like the Oscars, except for we actually do push you off the stage if you do go over. Um, and there's no slapping. So we don't have to worry about any violence at this event either. Uh, and a couple of my favorite technologies have actually been guests on the show as well. The first is going to be Blue Yonder, which Blue Yonder is actually the world leader in digital supply execution and omni-channel commerce fulfillment. Their platform enables retailers, manufacturers, logistics providers uh, to fully uh, help their customers with all types of fulfillment, warehousing capabilities, distribution. Uh, we actually had them on the show for their uh, Blue Yonder's Illuminate Control Tower. Uh, we had them and their customer Blackbird, which was actually acquired by Herbal, the largest cannabis uh, distributor in California. And so we got to get a sneak peek of exactly what Blue Yonder's doing and how they're helping their customers. They're also going to be uh, showcasing their TMS and their dynamic price discovery service as well. So if you are interested in, in improving your retail capabilities and um, finding a better way to integrate your, your different uh, suppliers and manufacturers, uh, logistics uh, platforms all into one, that's one you're definitely going to want to check out. Now, the second one, which is really, really cool. I actually just learned about them the other day when I was researching who's going to be there. It's a company called Quick Loads. Uh, if you guys could pull up the video of Quick Loads really quick for me. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, basically, what Quick Loads is, is that it's a container that can be autonomously put on a trailer. You'll see it in the video, but basically... Uh, farmers can eliminate grain trailers and grain elevators and go straight from field to international shipping. Even small manufacturers or retail stores can now have a dynamic containerized warehouse at one-tenth of the cost. You can put these in parking lots, which now become distribution centers. 
Uh, massive infrastructure for transloading and storage is no longer needed. Uh, basically, quick loads is ability to uh, autonomously um, put a container onto a truck compared to the past where you're, you'd have to go out and have that um, put on uh, more manually. And it's really interesting. If you watch the video, it's all connected through an application. You go through the same steps you would with loading it normally, but even better, you don't have to get out of your truck. And when we talk about making this industry more sustainable, making it better for uh, employee retention, this is the type of uh, services that we mean, right? It's going to make a driver's job a lot easier. We're not going to have to worry about the labor intensity that comes with picking up containers and unloading containers, which opens up a whole new pool of uh, drivers for companies as well. So they'll be there and demoing their products as well. But I think this kind of stuff is so cool. When we talk about the next generation of shipping and what our future could look like, this is something so simple that honestly, I'm surprised it's taken this long to, to actually put together. So those are a couple of the technologies that I'm most excited to, to really discover. And if you want to come and meet us there, you can go to live.freightwaves.com today. Uh, still register for the event, get tickets for it. We have different links to link you up with hotels in the area. So again, come see us at the Future Supply Chain. It's going to be so much fun and been talking with a lot of the people we've had on the show who are going to be there. And I'm just excited to have everyone in one room. Finally, it's been almost three or four years now at this point. But speaking of technology and speaking about making this world more sustainable, I brought with us today uh, Kai Timmerman. He's the COO of Prompt, which is a um, more of an autonomous uh, type of technology solutions provider that helps make it easier for companies to work data, work their back offices, um, and reduce costs overall. Uh, Kai, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm excited to have you on the show. Grace, happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course. And uh, for everyone listening, you can go to FreightWaves.com. I had a really fun Q&A with uh, Kai that we just published today on his outlook. But we'll go over some of those today, too. But uh, if you could, for a second, Kai, just introduce the audience to what Prompt is and, and the problems that you're solving for your customers. Sure. Okay. So, Grace, thanks, thanks for that. Uh, so, the headline is, you know, we're, we're fundamentally a software uh, services provider and technology space uh, for logistics companies. Um, our software, if I talk from a product point of view, our software is, as you said, uh, more centralized and focused on enabling people to, again, not have to do the menial tasks. So uh, we structure, extract, and integrate um, unstructured data, so things off documents. So you bring commercial invoices and effectively upload that as data and the data elements into uh, folks in enterprise systems. Um, in addition, we do, again, without going too much into the details, a semantically-based integration. So systems-to-systems integrations uh, using effectively semantic layers so that if we're using a BlueJay versus a CargoWise, uh, we can actually bring it to our layer first and then push it out the other side. Uh, and that really, therefore, the, all the products, I mean, those are two of them, visibility as well, uh, they're all delivered uh, through a platform which is available through a single connection with a customer's ERP. Um, if I look at it from really from the customer's point of view, um, it's really again we're focusing on real outcomes. So it's it's for the for the folks at the desk level. It's how they take their focus away from key punching, cantering data, whether it be a 200-page commercial invoice uh, or other documentation, or trying to enter again for the data. Um, bringing it in, and again, they can focus on the real tasks or the real audits that need to happen, 
And for management, it's simply about you know, A, they can get more productivity out of the team uh, and consistent processes, which helps with training and helps with downstream data. That's wonderful. And uh, you mainly work with, it sounds like, freight forwarders and global shipping companies. Is that right? That's correct, yes. Awesome. Yeah. So I you mean, deal we're, with we're a lot. Right now it's about, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. You're good. Go for it. You're good. No, we work say? right now with about half the top 25. We right now work about half the top 25 global freight forwarders. Awesome. So you have a really good insight on a lot of the action that we're seeing right now when it comes to the global shipping environment. We have clearly the conflict that we're seeing uh, Ukraine and Russia. And then Shanghai is a whole beast that I don't think has even really hit our, our supply chains yet. It's almost like every single day that that's shut down, it's just boiling and boiling and boiling and making me nervous every single day. Um, so I'm interested uh, from your perspective, uh, how are your customers dealing with these issues and and how is your technology helping them get through the, these times? Well, I mean, you can look at this from, from, again, a couple different angles, right? I mean, first of all, now more than ever, right? To your point, all these other things are going on, right? All these other sidetrack noises that are happening. Um, in the meantime, and again, fairly or unfairly, there's an expectation usually that the headcount or supply chain group is, is sort of fixed to a certain headcount, right? So you've got to do more with either the same or even less, perhaps, and people start stretching things out, you know, tight on people, tight on staff, et cetera. So again, from a technology perspective, what we give folks is really automating a lot of those back-end processes, giving people time back, right? So that's, that's sort of one main component. Um, the other core component, especially right now, um, freight forwarders, if you look at the freight forwarder market itself, uh, you've got the digital freight forwarders, you have, I guess, what one might call the legacy freight forwarders. And, you know, the, 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 the legacy freight forwarders are, let's go from valuation purposes, mobile purposes, are looked at differently than the digital freight forwarders. So a lot of what needs to happen now, there's a, again, forwarders tend to operate on a margin basis. And they're getting uh, some great, some higher rates, obviously, because all the costs are right now a little bit greater uh, through the chain. Uh, and now is the time, and they really need to invest those dollars now to catch up their capabilities to the digital freight forwarding counterparts. Yeah, I think uh, especially for those who concentrated most of their learning on the domestic U.S. supply chain, the global global carriers in particular, they run the about the same margins that we see trucking companies. It's nothing extreme. Mm -hmm. And so what's happening yeah. right now, I think people don't realize is when when you see these earnings and you see that they're making these, these huge profit gains, that's completely abnormal. Uh, from your perspective, yes. how long do you think that that um, environment is going to last? Uh, do you think this is something that's here to stay or is, or is it a limited amount of time until we see normalized rates again? No, I, I think I, I think first of all, your statement, your, your first statement is one hundred percent correct. Uh, the, the margins in the operation side that we're seeing across the board um, are actually the cost. We differentiate between that, but the costs right now, or the prices being passed through, are extraordinary. Um, freight forwarders specifically tend to work on a buy sell basis, um, so therefore they tend to work on slightly more of a margin basis. So higher rates in general because they're actually putting out some expenses before they get the revenues. Um, so right now, there's a bit more of a, a dollar margin coming back to them. Uh, but to your question, I'm my working assumption, and I can go into details about it, is that things contract rates. I want to be specific about contract rates will probably start to normalize in 2024. It's not going to happen before then, 
Um, I would expect, though, that it's 2024 when you start to see things happen. Uh, simply the way I'm looking at it, getting exactly to your points about Shanghai and Ukraine and various events for the second half of this year, um, I'm going to expect, and I, I expect that things, all the drama, the volatility, et cetera, for second half 2022 will be pretty similar to what's happened in 2021. You are seeing green shoots. You are seeing a lot of innovation starting to take place, uh, whether it be, you know, whether it be the poor Savannah investing in additional space, whether you see, again, there's a lot of different things happening. I think they'll start to create some benefit in 2023. But the soonest you're going to see a positive impact on contract rates, I think, is going to be 2024. Yeah. You know, what's interesting, and you're, you're right in this uh, area, is clearly data is the new oil, right? It allows us, I mean, here, here at Freightways, it allows us to make big bets and big statements because we're constantly watching uh, imports and uh, domestic freight data on a daily basis and, and really seeing this, the swings of everything. And I think uh, part of being able to uh, live in that more normalized rate time is going to be able is is if companies are able to get a hold of their data, um, really watch it and, and see it like we are able to do on the domestic side. How do you feel the overall industry has attacked standardizing data, and and more importantly, as we see like the FMC and the Biden administration starting to say their piece on it do you agree with with the hopes that you know with their help that we'll finally get to a point where there is some type of standardization with ports uh making their data accessible and everyone kind of being on the same page of what what should be labeled what and what should be accounted for here and there yeah i think it's important um i've been on the calls for the past quarter um have gotten truly really listened. Yeah, the good the, again. The good news is um, there's a relatively narrow data set that gets people most of the way, um, and that's and that that point came up time and time and time again. Uh, whether you're talking about vessel arrival, whether you're talking about earliest delivery date for exports, uh, and transparency in those things made sense. Um, the the National Ports Information uh, Service database was proposed ten years ago. Um, it seems like they're going to make progress. And I was a betting person. I would say pretty strongly, yes, they'll have something come out. Um, I think it's extraordinarily important to come out. Um, and But again, that's probably going to take years until all those things winds up happening because, again, they'll put it out, there'll be recommendations, um, you have a bid process, et cetera. However, however, um, what's also important is people are already starting to talk. So that's actually, if you will, exacerbating and the entire conversation is lifting up, I think, the innovations that are taking place. So if you start looking at the cooperation and you know, BCOs talking to the terminals about, I'm going to bring this product early, so uh, use this for the yard, let this dwell for a longer period. Uh, getting the product, you see more conversations and more arrangements about getting product off the terminals. Again, that will also, by the way, uh, destinations, IPIs, uh, that's been part of the discussion that's taken place and is a need within the FMC data initiative. Um, so again, if I was a betting man, I have a laundry list of things that Commissioner Benzel uh, probably should or could put out there that I think would be important. Uh, but I think it's again, it's hugely important. But I, you already are seeing people acting as if. Uh, now, they get to the standards point, again, that's where it's going to take somebody saying, okay, this is what a location will be called. Uh, we need to retain or not retain planned information. Uh, but I think you're seeing both uh, the table tilt uh, in terms of the general behavior, innovations, et cetera, people see the benefits of it. 
And I think the FMC data initiative will help push that over the line. I definitely agree. And, you know, a large piece of our audience for the show is clearly retailers. And we talk about big, small, especially the technologies that help both. And um, I guess from your point of view, working with a lot of these freight forwarders as well, do you feel like, um, how do you feel like both large and, and small enterprises are faring in this environment today? And and what advice would you give each uh, over these next two years until we start to see that those normalized rates? I'm going to go back to something you said, which was the, the data is the new oil. Uh, for the retailers, it's about the transactions. Um, I think if you're a Walmart, if you're a Target, uh, if you're a Lidl, um, you're a large retailer, whether it be on the, the food side, food side or, or general retail side. Um, I think you know they're going to. You're already seeing it, frankly. So I'm not. I'm not really not not projecting here. They're already doing it. Walmart yeah. has put their chips down on drivers, right? Um, Lidl has gone out and invested on three vessels um, to help with their shipments, um, and then they're talking about actually leveraging leveraging that for third parties. Um, again, Walmart obviously brought in uh, they, they charger additional uh, vessels last year. Uh, so if you're large and you've got the transaction quantity. You're in a good position to invest and get the ROI from those investments. Um, that's let's call that take that world big world and put that to one side. Um, for the folks on the smaller side, they're more recipients of what's going on there. Now, I think there's a separate dynamic which can play out over time, um, and I'll use one sort of strand of the story. But there's other people who can play this part. American Eagle obviously purchased Quiet Logistics, um, and they're per- and so they're and they're offering the those capabilities to competitors and smaller entities. Um, mm-hmm. So you can see a situation where, okay, you have, the, you have the big folks, large transactions, they're doing one thing, um, but what is the mechanism going to be for the smaller folks? Because otherwise, they're just going to be the recipients. And so there's an opportunity for somebody in there, and you can talk about American Eagle. Again, they're running as a separate entity inside their company, but you talk about American Eagle, you can talk about um, a Shopify if they chose to go that direction. Uh, who would operate those capabilities to a smaller set of entities. Uh, but it's going to have to be somebody who looks at it and says, you ha- how do I create that transaction set? Uh, if you're a small party, you do not have the transaction set at the moment, unfortunately, it is going to be a challenge. Yeah. I'm really excited you brought up the American Eagle aspect, because even in that one, I think that shows the importance of of data once again within this industry. Like they are, like you said, going to be separate entities, but now with Quiet Logistics, they're going to have a really, really great insight on what other uh, retailers like them, um, especially clothing companies, mm-hmm. are what their markets are like, how they're serving their customers, and it just will improve them over time as well. So uh, that was Absolutely. a perfect example. I'm really glad you brought that one up. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's, uh, it winds up being, I mean, for, for, it's, it's a, taking you know, what I would call a competency, right? So they, they're now, they've taken this competency and supply chain for the retail sector. They've housed it in a separate entity, managing it separately. But again, you're 100% correct. The data, some of that data will flow back, management practices, but it's a real good opportunity. But somebody, again, from market perspective, can really pick up that wholesale to small retailers opportunity. Uh, that's, I, I see it as a low hanging fruit. Uh, the question is who's going to be able to go in and pick that opportunity up. Definitely. 
Well, we have some extra time here. I wanted to play a game oh. with you that I've been playing with a number of our guests. Uh, you know, over the yeah. pandemic, we've seen a different styles of uh, consumerism and, and different changes in, in how we're interacting with our favorite companies. And so uh, I have this game that I put together called What Type of Consumer Are You? Uh, and uh, just yeah. a few questions to see how exactly you are in the realm of, of new consumerism in general. And my first question for you is, do you prefer to buy your groceries online for home delivery or do you still go into store to buy them? I'm an in-store person. Um, I'm, I, I, it's details. I have to admit, A, I like cooking uh, quite a bit. So I'm a bit finicky okay. about you know, cuts of meat if I'm doing that or whatever else. What's in season gets a little bit of inspiration and little things like expiry dates on rolls. The couple times that we've done things online, you know, maybe the dates aren't quite what they need to be. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm an in-store person when it comes to groceries. Love that. Um, second is, would you or have you ever purchased a car online and not at a dealership? Well, okay, so you can define, again, I'm not trying to parse the words too much, but you can define it a couple of ways. I, again, from a, my, my wife and my two sons are petrol heads. Um, so they will insist on driving the car in some form or another and making sure I drive it because apparently I've got a relatively heavy foot sometimes. Um, anyway, uh, in general, though, again, no, no issue about closing a transaction online, uh, but from an experience perspective uh, for them, I'm, I'm a little bit less that direction, but for them, the experience being in the car and having driven that car at some point is still important. Uh, but obviously, you know, where you close the transaction can be anywhere. Yeah. You know, it's funny you say that. It's uh, it's interesting to even think within one household how different consumer types can be. Uh, mm -hmm. This last one I've found is actually, so far it's been more of a female trend, but I'm, I'm excited to see if maybe this is something you've you've done as well. So uh, there's this new uh, term that's come about called bracketing. And basically what it mm -hmm. means is you're shopping online, you're not sure of the sizes, right? So you buy multiple sizes or multiple items planning to return the rest. Have you ever mm -hmm. bracketed shopped? Um, and if you have, what type of item was it? Well, I, I'm unfortunately, I think I'm going to hurt the, a little bit here. Um, I, I'm a, actually a sort of a strange size individual. So um, I'm, I'm a little bit taller and whatever else. So my size tends to be pretty consistent and I usually stick with the same thing. So I'm not a bracketer. However, however uh, for my wife, um, I will typically, when we start getting to the holidays, I will order, you know, a smaller and a medium because I don't know how they're cut. They change these things. So I will say I yeah. bracket order for my wife. For myself, I don't really have to worry about it. I've been the same size <laughs> for a period and I'm a little bit weird shape. So there you go. Um, that, that's, hopefully, that, hopefully those are reasonable answers. No, and you know, it's funny. I find that it's mostly females and I can't figure out if that's just maybe more of our experience that we like to try in multiple items or if it's because these companies can't get sizes right to save their lives. It's one of the two, it's, that's it's, for sure. I, I, I do think it's, I think it's hard. I mean, listen, it's a little unfair. I think they, they change the, I think the fashion trends, you know, and the way they cut things differently. And, and likewise, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll pick up my wife's running shoes for a moment. Um, you know, they, they were a certain style running shoe and then they decided to innovate in air quotes and then it just didn't work anymore, it just didn't fit. Uh, I think there's yeah. probably more innovation taking place in direct, again, I don't know, I'm not in the dining room designing room direct, um, but that's just a guess. And you know, what was a what was a small one year or what was a medium is now a small, I don't know. 
So, but that's, I just found it's the safest bet to get two. I put the I put the smaller one under the tree and I keep the bigger one just in case. Love that. Well, uh, Kai, where can people learn more about Prompt and where can they reach out to you as well? Sure. So www.prompt.global be the website. Uh, Prompt Corporation, uh, Prompt Global, excuse me. We're on, uh, we're on LinkedIn as well. Uh, you'll see Kai Timmerman on LinkedIn also. There's not a whole lot of Kai Timmermans out there. So uh, anyway, pretty easy. <laughs> I will say, yeah, you're number one. If you Google your name, you pop up right away. So there you go, audience. Pretty simple. Uh, Thank just, you so much. Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much, Kai, for joining us. I appreciate your time. And we'll have to, have to have you on uh, later in the year as well. Perfect, Grace. I appreciate it. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you so much. And for the rest of our audience, remember that it's only about 12 days left until the future of supply chain. So make sure you head to live.freightways.com, get those tickets, get your uh, travel ready and in order. It's going to be a blast. We'll have a number of your favorite uh, retail supply chain uh, solutions providers there. Investors will be there. If you want to go and, and learn about what they're interested in, what the temperature of the market is, this is the place for you. Uh, thank you so much for listening and being a part of the show again this week. Uh, I will talk to you all next week. And until then, keep on shopping.